Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to We Think 100 and episode 142 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ander and I'm joined by a man who's uh, reclining out in the, uh, the, the the wonderful island habitat of Phillip Island with a uh, uh, what looks to be a rescued, uh, rescued sun hat there. Uh, it's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Good, mate. I'm pleased you did notice the hat. I did, I did bring the prop into the podcast because we did talk about how my first surf session yesterday in, 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 in a couple of weeks didn't go so well where I um, I've bought this new, I suppose you call it a dad surf hat. Now right, I've got, yeah. the, got that age where I need a bit more coverage, I think, uh, just to keep the sun off in the surf. And so yeah, bought- you're not, you're not there with all the other, uh, you know, looking at all the other curly haired Phillip Island surfers there thinking, oh, geez, that used to be me 25 years ago. Now I've got to wear my cool dad hat. Oh, definitely. Oh, no, I'm definitely looking at that. And um, so, yeah, first surf, I thought I'd get up early before the kids get up, went out for a surf, new hat on, first wave of duck died under, yeah, lost the hat. Straight gone. <laughs> Straight off my head. I was like, geez, that's, uh, there's 40 bucks down the drain. Turned around, there was it sitting right behind me. I was like, perfect, got the hat. No worries, all good. Yeah, you know, yep, shoved it down the front of my wetsuit. Yeah, you know, went on, surf, caught about now three or four waves, sort of having a bit of fun. Next thing, Sort of uh, got got hammered by a wave and snap leash broke on my board. It's like, oh. uh, all right, yep, today is not the day, Lewis. So was yep. it a, was it an, an extendable leash, Lewis? Because we know that we, you know we don't like those here <laughs> on the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Very nice, mate. I did go, yeah, I did go up up the beach and just just uh, steal one off off one. Someone walking their dog on the beach and just went out and further surf. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, just so so it wasn't the best start, and then. Uh, and then yeah, went out later later in the day. Got the hat, managed to fix it. You know, out, out surfing and uh, was uh, yeah, was having some good fun with with Stella. She was she was out there with me, so that was there was lots of fun. So that was that was good. And I did not get sunburnt, so oh, hence wow. the hat is working, mate. Winning, winning, yeah, mate. Um, exactly. I had a um, I had a surf rescue situation the other day. I was oh, um, out on uh, out on the the stand up paddle board with uh, with one of uh, one of my mates and uh, out along um, out out at Mentone. Um, and there was a dog that um, that just kept swimming. You know, he just kept oh. going out and out and out and out. And um, it was like a big dog, big like sort of you know Labrador crossy cross ridgebacky thing. Um, and we're sort of paddling it a little bit closer to him because I said to my mate, I said, "Geez, I think this dog's struggling here. Let's go in and see if we can help him out here." Um, and did you, you did you see did the- you strip down to like just the speedos, mate? So you're like, "Yep, Bondi rescue, here we come." Yeah, yeah. I've never seen Chris Brown do this. <laughs> you know? I, I heard that. I heard the Baywatch scene in the background. Go, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. Nice, um, so, nice. So I can imagine you running David Hassoff style on the sup. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, just, just diving in, just, just, just paddling over. Here's, here's my chance. Yep. So I've gone in. So I've gone in to get this dog, and he's got these. Um, I think he started getting in trouble because he started getting some water in his ears, and he's uh, sort of shaking his head, uh, and then he's sort of going under a little bit. So uh, hopped off the board and turned him around, and and herded uh, him back into the into the water, and <laughs> um, we could see the uh, back into back into the sand. Sorry, and um, the owners were about. 200 meters down the beach oh, wow. and sort of waving and pointing at the dog and they said yeah he's ours 
And I'm waving, go, I think he's got water in his ears. He's, you know, and they said, that's right. He does that sometimes with his head. And, and my mate said, you don't have any waterproof cards in your, in your back pocket, do you? I said, no, I don't, because that's a, that's a nice ear infection right there. So uh, we've got to get nice. a laminator out and start laminating some cards, Lewis. So that, keep them in the back pocket. So the next time I rescue, I can stick it in there and pay for the paddleboard. Very nice. Well, speaking of um, advertising, I went down to the local park the other day. Actually, I was riding home from work and just rode a little bit different way through the dog park. And, uh, and I noticed there was a, a wooden box that had been sort of put in the park. I'm not sure. I think it was sort of uh, attached to a, a park bench and had on it stick library. Oh. I, thought, I thought stick library. And, and it was a wooden box full of sticks. Yeah. And I thought, I thought hang on a sec. Is that so, um, you know, is this for, you know, is people lighting fires or something? But no. Yeah, yeah. It was a stick. You know, these are for dogs to give to your dog. To play with the stick at the park with the stick, and then when you finish with the stick, you put it back in the box, kind of like a toy library, for the for the dog to play with next time. And I thought, well, we, how much do we not love the use of sticks at parks, and how many injuries we see? And I thought, wow. All right, here we go. So right next to where it said stick library, got out my pen, I wrote the the vet clinic phone number underneath. So when yes. they have that emergency. Like they know who to call when that stick gets lodged deep in the esophagus or somewhere down the throat. They know who to call. We, we might we might have to get Tom's lawyer to have a look at this though, mate. You know, um, Tom Tom from the Cat Lovers Show. Um, <laughs> and we, we might you might have to have a thing on there saying Ron, that Ron. the vet clinic does. Oh, Ron, sorry, Ron. Ron yeah, does not endorse uh, this clinic does not endorse the use of stick libraries. But when your dog inadvertently gets a stick injury in its mouth, please call. Dr. Lewis at dot, 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 dot. Exactly. And I think there was a bit of uh, sort of council paraphernalia on. I thought, geez, they haven't really gone for uh, for a bit of a uh, representation or disgusting with the, wow. the, the, the stakeholders in the, you know, in, in the, uh, in the group to discuss that that's probably not the best option to be condoning the use of sticks at your park. Well, from a risk point of view, I mean, that's ridiculous. And even just from, um, from a health point of view, you know, sharing, you know, how many times do, do they have a, um, a water bottle library as well there, Lewis, for kids to be able to share water bottles? <laughs> so if they forget their water bottle, the kids can just suck on the end of a, you know, the end of a Nike water bottle that some other kid that yeah. potentially could have COVID exactly, uh, you know, just left there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, it's obviously some good, uh, uh, some people who are well, well-meaning, but uh, yes. pre- perhaps not the best thing to have at the park. Poor execution. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Hey, now, um, I had a question posed to me the other day, Lewis, which I thought was a very interesting quandary um, in that I had a Dachshund come in that um, uh, the owner had noticed um, had a bad smell coming out from its rear end. I said, look, it could be anal glands. Um, And I said, usually dogs with anal glands, we see them scooting their bum along the ground and people often think that they're worms. And it kind of got me thinking, like for the Dachshunds that I've ever seen that I've expressed their anal glands, I don't think anyone's actually ever said to me, my Dachshund is scooting their bum along the ground. Have you, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think anatomically, Lewis, how could your corgis, your bassets, your Dachshund, those, those long back sounds, yes. do you think they'd be able to scoot their bum along the ground? Or do you think this is an, an, an another thing that these poor dogs miss out on that their other canine counterparts can do because they're uh, not quite designed for it? I like you. I like your terminology of missing out. Like it's a, it is an enjoyable thing to do because I yeah look, I don't know that it would be enjoyable, but it must give some relief to those dogs that that are able to do it. 
Well, they've often got that 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 sort of that that, that, that <laughs> grin on their face, though, Lewis. You know, their 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 mouth is back, and they're oh, you know, that's. I know that's a look of joy for me. So, well, you think is it a grim or a grimace? Grimace, grin or a grimace, mate? You know, it's oh, very hard to tell that apart in a dog. I think potato, potato. You know, we're we're trying to anthropomorphize. He's got a smile on his face. He must be happy. Yeah, you know? but there's yeah. poor Dachshund. So, so if any listeners out there have got a Dachshund <laughs> or a long-backed dog and they've got anal gland issues, and you can take a photo or a video of them scooting their bum along the ground. Um, we could break the internet on that, Lewis. Send it in to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Fantastic. Yes, that, that, that's something that the port that the, the uh, Shire report Philip can endorse is yes. a video of a boot scooting Dachshund rather than a stick library. Boot scooting Dachshund. Very nice. Very nice. All righty. We move on to the sponsors. Oh, absolutely. Tell you what, mate, I, I, I just used our last bottle of 450 milligram Zilkeen on a uh, on a, a dog that suddenly has been uh, quite anxious. He was at the um, he was at home yesterday and the owners he's always a little bit anxious, but the owner's parents went out and then somebody came and knocked on the door. And then as soon as they've come home, the dog's super duper anxious, never been as anxious as this before. Really, really clingy. Um, we think he might've hurt himself as well. So, um, so we've got, cause he's got a bit of a sore back and sore hips. So we've got him on some anti-inflammatories, but the good thing is we've been able to use Zilkeen at the same time because it's so safe. We can use it uh, along with anti-inflammatory medication as well. So Very Zilkeen, nice. mild anxiety relieving medication, alpha been from our friends at Vet Kinol, uh, get around it. It's a very good, very safe um, uh, supplement that can uh, sometimes help with mild anxiety issues. Excellent, mate. Very good. And also a big thank you to our other sponsors, uh, Delicate Care, the uh, the dog and cat food. Uh, they've got uh, some amazing range of foods. Um, and uh, and I was pleased to see when I dropped Olive off at the cattery when uh, we're coming down for uh, for a little bit of a R&R at Phillip Island that uh, they had Delicate Care in their range. So obviously if the catteries are using it, vets are recommending it, get around it, I reckon. Must be pretty good. Well, thank you very much to our friends at Delicate Care and Zilkeen, but a very, very big thank you to our friends from Patreon uh, who have uh, gone to patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Pets and uh, slung us a little bit of cash. Um, so we thank you very, very much. Uh, all of it, we, we care for all of our listeners. Uh, we love you all very, very much. And our Patreon listeners who uh, are at the point where they feel like they can sling us some uh, a little bit of fundage, uh, thank you very, very much. If you'd like to join in the fun, fun times, head to patreon.com and um, feel like you're a part of the podcast because you are. Exactly. And we had our first Suzanne got back to us. Suzanne decal gal sent out our very first uh, sticker to Holly over over in the U S I haven't got the email with me yet. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got the email with me, but she said, you know, uh, something about her her last correspondence. She said, bring on 2021. And then what's been going on in the U S she said, scrap that. Just uh, we'll, we'll get on with the year, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly, exactly. But hopefully, things are going to improve soon over in the US for for our our, our followers over there, listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Stay safe, everybody. You know, and and yeah, go democracy. Um, now, Lewis, I found a um a little article, you know, uh, bringing it a little bit back closer to home. Um, on uh, 
pure alpine this is from um abc news um abc goldman murray valley by ashley aldridge and sandra moon pure alpine dingo pups oh sorry dingo cubs found in victoria's high country reveal threatened species still exists experts say wow that's so, called a, they're called a cub that's interesting that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up because yeah. um, you know, they are still canids, they are canines, but um, but to call them uh, you know to, to call them cubs, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, so your cub, what? That's a bear, a lion, lion cub, yes. um, yep. a scout. You have a scout cub, cubs and scouts. You do, you do have, yes. you do have scout cubs, scouts. Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yep, but, but yep, no, you have, I wouldn't have thought... my nephew's name is Scout. You know, right? So you scout from uh, from to kill a mock. No, is it to kill a mockingbird? Scout, kill a mockingbird. Yes, and yeah. that scout is female in that in that character. Yeah, yes, in that that particular character. So all the scout dogs that I see at work that are all female, I uh, Freudian slip into calling them males, and then have to spend the next ten minutes explaining about how my nephew's name is Scout, and yes, he is named <laughs> after the female character. But that's fine. Yeah. You know, no, oops. Mate, Maybe, maybe they should have called him Cub and everything would have been fine. Yeah, um, well, exactly. Well, April's best friend is Scout and she's female, so there you go. There you go. So yeah. sibling cubs recently rescued in Victoria's high country have become the latest to be revealed as purebred alpine dingoes. The discovery of Myrtle and Moko come less than two years after the finding of Wandy, the purebred alpine dingo. The alpine dingoes are a threatened species in Victoria. The pups were found in October by local trail bike enthusiasts, Kieran Lucas and his cousin, Hamish McCarthy. The Beechworth locals were riding their bikes on a private timber plantation near Myrtleford when McCarthy found four starving orphan dingo pups around a hollow log. We managed to catch two of the cubs, a male and a female, but sadly we were unsuccessful in rescuing the other two that ran off in fear. Because that's a hard thing with these dingoes is they are wild uh, wild dogs so well, you know they're not they're not used to you know, generally not used to humans of course uh, just a couple of just to wind you back there a couple of things yeah number one uh definition of orphaned when you find a group of cubs in the bush oh yes in that a hollow actually yeah. you've scared the mother away yes oh. that you've revved your bike past and gone oh look at those orphaned for the last right. minute or so, mm, concerned. Yes. That. Second issue: How did they know their names? Did they have tags on? <laughs> I, think, I think they I think they checked their underpants and they saw they had their names written on there. Yes, or their yeah. socks. Yeah, end of the yes. socks. Yeah, yeah. They, they scanned their microchip and then rang up Central Animal Records. They said, "Oh, this one's name's Myrtle. This one's yes. name's Moko." And yeah. surprisingly, under Central Animal Records, said orphaned Alpine wild dingo pups. If found, please return to <laughs> dot dot dot. Um, well, that I hadn't actually thought about that. So that's the that's that's a very good point yeah. there. So hopefully the um the, the other two are now being cared by the mum even <laughs> yes. better because there's there's she only got two to worry about now. Yeah. Well, now she's crying because she lost two parts. But anyway, no, we'll move that's on. Sad. Yeah. On 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 happier topics. <laughs> yes. um, uh, yeah. The sibling. Well, it says here that they were severely malnourished and close oh. to death. Oh, at just okay. three kilos, they weighed less than half a healthy cub at the same age, said Australian Dingo Foundation and Directory um, uh, founder Liz Lynn Watson. Right. I estimate okay. they've been fending for themselves for a couple of weeks. So maybe maybe mum had been you know shot or something like that. You never know. Or, you know, had... T- 
taken off. Maybe she'd been picked up by some other trail riders. She'd probably been run over by a trail rider, maybe down the track. Yeah. Maybe that's how they knew. Ooh, that's awkward. Oh, hang on. Oh, crikey. Yeah. Uh, reading between the lines. This is like that, that, that wombat attack. Um, DNA testing by UNSW Centre for Ecosystem Science Molecular Biologist Dr. Kylie Cairns conferred the Cubs to be held by Oh, Kansy. Kansy. Cairns. Kansy. Myrtle and Moko showed no evidence of domestic dog ancestry and following on from the rescues of Wandi and Sooty, they are yet again another reminder that wild dingoes are persisting in Victoria, Dr. Can said. It is essential for the public to understand that dingoes are a native species and an important to healthy ecosystem function as Australia's apex predator. It's troubling to see the term wild dog being used to disguise the killing of this native species because generally people do not realise that this term is used to lump dingoes in with roaming feral domestic dogs. So there you go. Right, you know, wow, that's amazing. Alpine dingoes still surviving in the high country. That's fantastic. That's awesome, mate. Well, I saw an article... Yeah, I saw an article this week. Uh, not a been a while ago. Did you hear about the pigeon? Yeah, I know you're a big pigeon fancier of old mate uh absolutely but, yeah, yeah. and a real yeah. a real big real big fan of stop the pigeon as well the old dick dastardly show you know you ever never no. said stop the pigeon no anyway yeah back, back to that on youtube kids tv i've never watched <laughs> this was in the age yes. i don't i don't know if you you're all over this but well it was a pigeon that uh it the headline says it got totally out of control the pigeon that won hearts globally Ooh. Now, I'm not sure if you, you – uh, I'll try and pricey this a little bit because I'm not sure how much the article goes into because I haven't actually read it. But um, essentially this guy found a pigeon, right, what he thought was a racing pigeon in his backyard yeah. in, in Australia. And uh, Kelvin Kelly Bird, owner of the yeah, yard. Is that the bird's name? That's interesting. No, that's his name. Uh, He's got bird in his name. Wow. Couldn't, couldn't have predicted that better. So the pigeon landed in his backyard, had a, 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 a one of those rings on its leg. Yes, yeah. And uh, and somehow he, he looked it up and he found that there was this missing pigeon. Yeah. So basically, this bird was found in with a ring on its leg, found in um found in his backyard in Australia, and uh, and he looked up the ring and somehow it connected to a bird that was missing in America. Yeah. And so he thought, oh, this racing pigeon's flown all the way from America to Australia. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, then then it was thought, no, it probably hasn't flown all the way. It's probably come on a cargo ship and then and flown to his house, who was all the way from Central Oregon. The leg leg oh. tag on this bird called they ended up calling Joe uh, after Joe Biden because it uh, you know it was, it was from America, very snazzy. Didn't call it Trump, but no, it's no good. no. And and got to this guy's house, and then and so then there was a big brouhaha, and there's a lot on Facebook saying, you know, uh, it was all about we've got to put down this bird; it might carry diseases, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, and the ag department got involved, and ACUS the quarantine got involved, and it was all. And then of course the public got onto it. You can't put down a bird just because it's made it all the way from America, rah rah rah. And then a little bit more research, the, the local the, local the, the, the bird. The bird wasn't owned by um, by uh, Johnny Depp and his partner, and they didn't bring it over, did they? <laughs> well, potentially, it didn't. I don't think Johnny was talk, asked for comment on on uh, on the the bringing of the bird. But uh, and then a little bit more research was done, I think, and actually, as they were about to just about to uh, to euthanize the bird or make the decision, they realised no, it was a a band that you could buy a ring for the leg off eBay, right. and it was in fact a fake one. It wasn't the actual band. From an American one, so the bird was a local bird, potentially oh, from from the Packenham area, where you, where, you, where your dad uh, 
your dad raised and was it Cranbourne packing him something like that? Uh, Langwarren, Langwarren. Langwarren. So yeah. around, around near there, yes, yeah. yeah, it might have been one of dad's old birds. Yeah, well, that's right, exactly. And then no one has come forward to claim Joe, um, and so he's had a reprieve. No one's going to put him down. Um, Joe. Yeah, and and so he doesn't fall foul of the biosecurity measures of Australia, thank goodness. Um, and uh, and I'm pretty sure he's probably setting up a GoFundMe page right as we speak. If uh, if Kelvin Kelly Bird's got any sort of entrepreneurial ship around him, uh, money just to, to look after Joe until he can enjoy his, his life in Australia. Um, obviously in in uh, in his backyard of of uh, Kelvin Kelly Kevin Kelvin Bird. Kevin Kelly. Well, there you go. So there you go, mate. You might have, you obviously didn't hear that, but it was big news a couple of weeks ago over, over here. Huge news. Wow. I was yeah. surprised it slipped past me, Lewis. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it to your attention. That's uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've usually got the finger on the pulse of Pigeon Talk. I'd like to get back onto that Pigeon Talk webpage and see if they've got a, an expose. Area. They may actually have an interview with the pigeon. Yeah, well, actually, Pigeon Rescue uh, volunteer Kirsten McLeod said, Joe is not a racing pigeon. He's a Turkish tumbler. No. So yeah, there's there's a bit of a turn up for the books. So what is it? What's a Turkish tumbler, mate? Uh, so they're the um, they're the birds that the uh, that they use to try and sort of fluff the birds in as they're coming home from a race. A, a fluffer. So, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sort of. They 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 they, <laughs> they picture them come flying it. So they you let them go when you see your pigeons up in the sky, so that the tumbler then flies down into the coop. So that the pigeon says, "Oh, hang on, that's my home," and then zeroes oh, in. So okay. you can get there. All right. Well, just um, the article's obviously wrong. Reading, reading for the article, Turkish tumbler is bred to do tricks and not fly long distances. Oh, sorry, but, I thought, did yeah. you say Turkish tumbler? Did you? Ah, oh. he thought I said. I thought, I thought, I thought said British mumbler. Moroccan oh, tumbler. Yeah, Moroccan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All righty. Uh, Move so, on. Uh, let's 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 have a break, and we'll um hear from uh, hear, hear from another sponsor, and then we'll come back with some uh, with the big news. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn? As in. P-A-W-S. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. <laughs> it certainly did, mate. But seriously, the Pet Show webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure here. And you know they're presented by Pet Shore's Chief Vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also, they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less. So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petsure.com.au for more information. <laughs> All advice on the show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. 
so, Lewis, I um, I wanted to sort of take uh, take over the uh, the main topic this week because yep. uh, we've had a bit of a uh, a bit of a bit of a crap week um, as far as being uh, you know pet owners. Um, last weekend uh, we were sitting outside on the uh, on the front uh, front part of the house on the on the porch and uh, looked at little Rosie and uh, realized that she had some swelling around her neck. And um, so I had a, had a feel of her uh, feel of the swelling under her neck and realized that they were the her lymph nodes under her neck and then felt her lymph nodes in front of her shoulders and, and behind her knees and uh, showed Christina and said, I think we're in some strife here. I think Rosie might have lymphoma. Um, oh, and so, uh, so we bought her in, bought Rosie and, and she's been absolutely fine. You know, been, running around at home, playing with her toys, eating normally, going for walks, doing everything absolutely normally. And, and purely and simply the only reason why we found this was uh, just because she's got a thin coat and, a, and she's a fairly sort of sleek little dog, found the swelling around on her neck and on the lymph nodes and stuff so um, so early. So brought her into work on Monday and took some biopsies and, uh, yeah, it's come back as a high-grade lymphoma. So we're uh, waiting to see uh, what what type it is, uh, whether it's a B cell or T cell. So then that way we can work out what chemotherapy uh, regime we're going to put her on. So oh, it's, well, um, yeah. oh, that's, that's horrible, mate. Gee, oh, it's, um, you know, so that, that's, that's incredible. You know, no symptoms at all. She's, she's totally healthy and uh, just, I guess, fortuitous in that you, you know, you're an observant over, but obviously an observant vet too, that you've noticed those sort of lumps. And so, when you sort of, you know, for the listeners out there, obviously I understand, but you know, the high grade lymphoma, mate, what, what are we, what are we talking about there? What does that mean? It sounds terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, low grade, high grade really just, I guess, talks about what, how the cells look on the, um, on the microscope. So, you know, low grade, as it infers, probably slow growing, the cells aren't overly hot. High grade means that um, the cells are rapidly dividing and on the biopsies that we took that there's a lot of division there. So these are cells that are pretty actively spreading around. And in the week that we've been waiting to get the results, like we can see those lymph nodes are all getting bigger. So it's certainly a, um, cer- certainly fits with the, uh, the, the description that we got from the pathologist that it is high grade. Um, so, you know, I mean and, the, and then the lymphoma part, mate. So that's um, part of some of the white cells. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 lymphocytes. Um, so lymphoma infers that it's from the lymphocytes, the the white blood cells that are involved in the making of antibodies and um, and and setting up of immune responses and alerting the immune system when there's uh, an infection or an insult going on to try and do something about. Um, and it is the issue with with the the lymphoma is those lymphocytes. Um, they've got a an access all areas pass, so yeah, you know, they can get anywhere around the body because the body lets lymphocytes in. So that's the the reason why we've got the the lymph nodes around the body i because i had her in at work i did an ultrasound so she's also got an enlarged spleen and all the lymph nodes in her uh, in her abdomen are enlarged as well so that's not necessarily anything sort of good bad or indifferent it just is what it is the main thing's going to come down from the staging is so the um the typing as to whether or not it's b cell or, or t cell so you know, so, we, so, so why, yeah, why do they sort of, you know, why, why do they congregate in the, in the lymph nodes or why are the lymph nodes enlarged when they've got that? Yeah. So I guess it's just, the, it's just the cancer cells that are there. And because the, the lymph or the lymph nodes are used to accumulating in the lymph nodes, that those really are just the places that, um, that they come up with. So, yeah. so they, they, they're what's called chemotactically um, attracted to the lymph nodes. So they just sit there in the lymph nodes, you know, okay. um, 
you know, because that's that's the spot where lymphocytes would normally live if they were trying to fight off an infection. So, um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough week. You know, at mm. work we've been trying to set ourselves up ready to ready to start giving a chemotherapy because usually we haven't done chemotherapy here, but um, we're trying to do what we can to to do it here. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so good trying on. to get all the permits and everything because the the hard thing is is you know we're I know exactly what's going to happen if we don't treat her. Um, if we don't treat her, she's probably only going to live for a couple of weeks, which is right. really bizarre for the fact that she's gone from an otherwise healthy dog to it potentially, you know, not being with mm. us um, mm. in a few weeks. Mm. Um, if we treat her just with cortisone, she'd probably still have a great quality of life for a couple of months, but then wouldn't go for much longer than that. So the question as far as, right, well, uh, yeah, mate, tough week. That's uh, it's really hard. I think, you know, it must be really hard when, especially it's, well, it's your own dog, um, you know, and, uh, and, um, and the kids involved as well. Um, you know, it just must be really tough. So you, so you saw talking, I think we had a few audio issues, but you were talking about, um, you know, that, uh, the cortisone and then you're setting up for the, for the chemotherapy. So, um, so I guess the next step is you, you said you're getting it typed, uh, T cell, B cell. What does that mean? What, is, what do you mean? That's right. So, the the reason for differentiating between the T cell and B cell is that there's some thought that there's different chemotherapy. Previously with lymphomas, they always just were treated with the same chemotherapy protocol. Um, yes. But there's some thought that different protocols can be better, whether or not it's T cell or B cell. So um, so that's the reason for getting the the testing out. So it's mainly a mainly a prognosis thing, you know. So one yeah, right. one often has a longer survival time than the other, um, but now that there's the thoughts of maybe using a different protocol for one versus the other, we've had to wait until we get the results back um, to try and work out which protocol to use. So it's been an interesting process being on the other side of the fence of being an owner waiting for the phone call for the, for the results um, and being at the whim of, uh, of forces that are, that I can't control. You know, it's um, yeah. So we've been, yeah, it's 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 been I get home and so we went with the kids we we were honest said to them okay right well, so this is this is what she's got this is what we're going to do um we, we are going to try treating her um we're not sure what how things are going to go but we've just got to try it because we know without it things aren't going to be very good so um every day Camille's been saying have you got the results from the test yet no, no not yet right. have you got the results from the test yet no no not yet we're you know we're, we're okay you know we're, we've still got a couple of days um but yeah, if, if, if I don't get the results tomorrow, I think I'm going to put Camille on the phone. I think she might rip shreds through the, uh, through the lab trying to find out what's happening. Yes. There, mate. Are we, yeah, I know it's been a, a bit of a nervous wait for you. Um, yeah. 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 That's tough. And so, um, with, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, so the prognosis will be determined by the, the, um, the, the sample you set off, you said, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. As far as expectancy. And that's, I guess something that, while you can look at the numbers, you know, uh, where that's not, we're, we're not necessarily looking at that per se at the moment because we're, we're, we're vets. We know that, you know, that it's not, her life expectancy is going to be shortened even with it. So yeah. we're, we're sort of more looking at, right, well, we're just going to treat and see what happens. You know, yeah. we, we know that her life expectancy is going to be longer with it than without it. So we've just got to, you know, we're just going to, do it and see what happens. So, um, you know, I mean, she's, she's still feeling great. You know, she's still oh, running good. around and playing with her toys. Like she was you know, ragging on one of her teddies this morning. So, 
Um, the, the big thing for us is then going to be like not only just the treating at, uh, at work, but also managing her uh, cytotoxicity when she gets home as well after treatment. So um, making sure that you know, the kids don't go up to her and give her kisses and you know, knowing that we need to be careful with picking up her poo when out in the back, not only in the backyard, but when we take her for walks, because unfortunately she's a dog that poos like 10 times a day. So, you know, that's, you're going to actually that, have that, to pick up some poo on walks, mate. What's going on? That's a, that's a turn up for the books. <laughs> well, you, usually we'd, um, usually we wouldn't tie off the bag until we had three in there. So, uh, <laughs> but now, now we're going to have to walk around with pocket pulls of, of, uh, of rubber gloves, of plastic gloves, you know, double glove the hands, pick up yes. the poo inside of a plastic bag, you know, and then put that inside of a plastic bag. We're walking and we'll need a, we'll need a backpack. Yeah. We need to, we need to wheel one of the purple um, cytotoxic bins around with us while we're actually taking it for a walk. Yeah. Um, so, so for the listeners, I suppose the, the medications, what we're sort of saying is the medications uh, essentially that, uh, that you'll be giving Rosie, obviously they have an effect on the, um, on the cancer, which is, you know, what they're meant for, but then they're also excreted from the body. So um, sort of what, what you're saying is that they'll come out in the urine. They'll come also come out, the poo that potentially in the in saliva i imagine mate that's right um, yes, as well so and vomit yeah, yeah sure and vomit if she yeah. vomits so. yeah so so you've got to be really careful with the kids um sort of you know it, it, having kisses and those sorts of things or mm. uh you know it, it, like you said you need uh special you know gloving to to touch the poo so there is a bit of a you know it's a lot of uh management from owners you know in dealing with mm. that sort of thing and, and from you guys as well and it must be hard for the kids that um to sort of understand that thing but obviously they can uh they can give rosie's cuddles and pats and that sort of thing can they when she's when she's on the medication it's just more the fluids that's correct yeah yeah so so you should be fine to pat them um you just wouldn't have them lying on you for for too long you'd probably try and keep her off our beds and things like that again just in case um and you know the fact that we don't have anyone in the house who's pregnant or on immunosuppressive medications we can afford to be you know like we're we're in a position where we can do it you know um yeah but um the, the interesting thing is like in speaking to um to friends that are medicine specialists sort of getting some tips as far as you know what what to do and how to be doing things um finding out about that um how long they're toxic for um apparently there's there's lacking studies in that oh. as far as for you know no one's actually sat down and taken the feces of animals on certain chemotherapy drugs and gone looking wow. for the for the for the stuff excreted in there because you think you could you know i mean these animals yeah. you you've got here is a dog and it's getting this dose of medication. Let's actually get samples of its poo for the next five days to see whether or not it's actually coming out. Um, no one's done the studies on it. So um, anything on humans? I wonder if anything's been done on humans on that sort of thing. Probably not. Yeah, not sure. Yeah. Not, not sure. I haven't really gone, anyway, gone across yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, but again, it's, it varies with varies with different drugs and concentrations and yeah. things like that too. Yeah, of so, course. Um, yep. so it's, um, you know, I've heard of some specialists that say, you know, very short periods of time and say, you know, at this point, you're fine. Um, yep. Others that say a much longer period right. um, because we just don't know. So, to know, yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of going to take, I guess, a, a conservative, conservative approach with it. Of um, but. Yeah, just yeah. Could just absolutely because we just don't know. So yeah, wow. And then you set up. You said you know you're setting up the clinic for you got to get permits and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, you're looking at um, you need a special permit to uh, to prescribe those drugs or give those drugs that right because they're well, 
what's the, the interesting thing is, is being vets, like we're allowed to prescribe whatever we want, but it's being able to do it within the actual um, confines of the building. So right. we need to have permits for, for doing it inside of the building and, um, you know, occupational health and safety things. Um, you know, there's, uh, like back in back in the old days, you know, like the um, couple of the nurses here who have, have said that yeah, they're happy to um, help out with the with the treatment because I didn't want to then put it on the nurses of saying, okay, right guys, guess what? Rosie's got chemo, so now you're helping me handle yep. this stuff. Yep. You know, yep. um, it's uh, like particularly early on. Like I think once we've done it, after two weeks, we're going to have this thing absolutely nailed. The process is going to be in and done, but it's just going to be that first couple of times it's going to be a little bit all thumbs. Um, but you know, back in the old days, they just used to give chemotherapy off the stick, you know, like they just, you know, draw it, draw it up off the vial, stick it in, you know, make sure you're in the vein and then, and then squirt it in, you know, now it's, um, catheters in, you've got these special little, uh, little plugs that go on that, um, that make sure that there's no aerosolization or vapor or anything like that. Um, flushing it through you, then we've got to have special cytotoxic bins and gloves, um, gowns, our masks, yep. our, gla- our, our glasses, all sorts of stuff, spill kits, all that sort of stuff, all ready to go. Yeah, right. Um, so, so it's been a, um, a, a busy week trying to get all that together ready because I mean, we, we're kind of under the, well, not necessarily under the pump, but we, we don't have weeks and weeks to be trying to get this stuff all sorted out. You know, we want to be getting it in and getting it done before she does get sick. You know, uh, one of the main things of prognosis with dogs of, with lymphoma, with the cancer of the lymphocytes is whether they're um, healthy or not. You know, if they're, if they're healthy, their prognosis is much better than if they're right. not healthy. Right. And so if they're not healthy, then uh, yeah, their life expectancy is shorter still. So um, you know, we're, we've got the stuff ordered. We've got all the ducks in a row. Everything's ready to go. So um, we'll get the medication, the, the first lot of medication, because it's the same regardless of which, protocol we're going to use yes um so she'll get her first treatment this week and then yeah we'll see see how the see how the little girl goes all right mate well yeah wow i hope she i hope she goes really well i hope all goes really well i'm sure we keep us updated each week as we uh, hopefully record um yeah. ongoing we'll um we'll, we'll touch in and uh and, and update the listeners on hopefully successful treatment of rosie and you know give it you know extend her extend her quality of life a bit yeah absolutely yeah yeah um, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, we were. Um, I, it's and, and, and thank you for, for to yourself and also the listeners sort of helped to you know for for indulging me and in sort of talking about because it, it is part of the. Yeah, it's been it has been sort of strange. And you know, I've never been in the position of where I've had to deal with one of my own sick pets before. Yep. Um, and and even when I started being about when I didn't have pets myself, it was it was always you kind of feel strange it's like you know how can you be a um a, a vegan barbecue you know like if you're a you know, if, if you you know you yeah until i got my until i got my pets that sort of changed my entire perspective on what it was like being a pet owner um and therefore that changed the way i was a vet now this is the this is the first time where i go well, hang on now i'm now now i'm dealing with a, a, a you know a sick dog that is something that is going to affect her life expectancy so you know how that you know, it'd be interesting to see that how that sort of changes my perspective on things. Mm, I'll bet, mate. I'll bet. Yeah, it's um, yeah. it's certainly I've never had it. Yeah, similar. I've never had a sort of sick pet to uh, that, that's that's really my pet or really close to, um, you know, to to what um, you know, to to us to 
to, to handle with. So close um, to the family or close to yeah, yeah, on so, that, over that other side of the emotional fence. Exactly, mate. And so thanks, thanks for sharing too. I think you know it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a journey. And so, uh, you know, wait and see. You know, we don't know what's going to bring. No, no, we'll we'll mm. see. We'll cross our fingers and yes, yeah, and toes, everything. Yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen if it if we don't do anything. So yes. we've got to we've got to do something. So let's of do course, something right. and see what something brings about. So anyway, right, fantastic. Well, yeah, look, um, you know, if you want to sell, send any well wishes or, or um, you know, uh, got any questions that you want, you know, it's going on with Rosie or um, keep us updated, you know, um, certainly you can get us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, twovets.pets at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you know, you can go to Patreon as well if you'd like to support us with a little bit, but um, we'll, um, uh, might be time to sign off. What do you reckon, mate? Absolutely, mate. I think we're all done. We get to get you back out in the, after all the the, de- the the sadness, now you got your surfing hat back on again. Oh. Get back out of the water. Get back out of the waves. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll do, mate. Alrighty, guys, we'll scratch right. off. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.